Hello and welcome back to the Blue and White podcast. It's been quite a while and a lot has happened in our lives since then, but welcome back. I am once again your co-host Liam Gutman and we have on today Jagger Van Brederode, our other co-host. Hey everybody. Yeah, I know if you listened to our last podcast and remember from a few months ago, we said we'd have uh, the Bleu, Blanc et Rouge podcast today, and sadly we are unable to provide that for you, but we will have that for our next podcast. We can talk about what has happened so far at the beginning of the regular season then. Today we will be primarily discussing how the preseason went, what things are shaping up to be, what's been surprising, and a couple predictions for the regular season. Yeah, and if you have any uh, complaints, you can blame it all on Chris. (laughs) Yep, his fault, not ours. Exactly. So to start with, why don't we just quickly, before talking about the preseason alone, why don't we discuss some of our top rookies for next year? For next year, so I guess this goes hand in hand with the preseason. It kind of shows what rookies are the closest to making the step, the next step into the NHL. For Tampa Bay, two, two three rookies kind of stuck their foot in the door. One literally made the team in Matthew Joseph. He had the strongest preseason of, I'd say, anyone on the team, putting up over a point per game in the six games he played, and pretty much forcing the Lightning to make him on to put him on the roster, kind of like Braden Point did just two years ago. So look for him to have a pretty big impact on the team this year. One of the more surprising rookies was Eric Cernak on Tampa on defense. He no one really expected him to make the team, but he was one of, if not the last cuts, to be to be made. He kind of came in here and he played with calmness, showed that he belonged in the NHL, and a lot of Lightning uh, followers and staff, they all kind of seem to agree that, that Cernak, sooner rather than later, he can play in a, maybe not a top four role, but a bottom four role pretty solidly and not look out of place at all. And then for the last prospect for Tampa, Alex Volkov once again just comes up just shy of making the team. He was in the same group with the last cuts for the team, and he looks like a very special player, especially for a second-round pick. It might not, might not have been this year, thanks to Joseph, but I could see easily see him on the team next year, filling in the third-line role, maybe a second-line role, depending on what happens. Fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with all of those. Cernak, I said I. It's funny, because Cernak had a great rookie year in the AHL last year, and I think he's going to do well this year. But And he had a fantastic preseason. But I've always been, or at least recently, I've been higher on Dominic Mason of the Tampa Bay Lightning over Eric Cernak, and I've told you about why and all the different things, not just his play style, but how he's been given hard penalty kill. First top, number one D basic responsibility, the pure shutdown, and no power play time. And excluding power play, he was the top scoring defenseman on Tampa last year. Or I might have that, just to addendum, in case Mm -hmm. I'm getting that mistaken, if there's a couple points, then he's at the minimum tied for the second most. But at a minimum, he was top two in defense and points, excluding power play, which he didn't get any time on because they were giving him pure shutdown minutes. And he's also a second-round pick, just a year younger or a year older than Cernak. But they're both going to make the NHL soon. And because, you know, Tampa needs more players like Strahlman, McDonough, Hedman, Sergachev. You know, they need a few more of those. Exactly. Both both Mason and Cernak kind of have that shutdown. They're not an offensive flair kind of guy. The thing for Cernak, though, is he is a right-handed shot. Mm-hmm. And we have three defensemen leaving next year, possibly. So I think it's just easier for him to come in as a right-handed shot and fill a role quicker than missing. Indeed. And Volkov, mm, as yeah. I said, I am I think he's got fantastic potential. I don't think he's there yet, personally. And that's not from a preseason viewing, but from when I watched him in the Calder Cup. I thought he was had lots of potential, but he wasn't there yet. Versus Joseph, really stood out. And I don't... Stevens wasn't as much of a standout in this camp, but I didn't feel Stevens was that far behind Joseph, in my personal opinion and viewings. Not in this preseason, obviously, Joseph stood out, but I really do like Stevens as well. So Tampa's always going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, Stevens pretty much came out and did exactly what he was expected to do. He made it known that he's, he's ready to be called up to the NHL, and if he does get called up, he'll, he won't look out of place. He'll go in, he'll play his game, he'll grind, 
and he'll play bottom six, but he'll do it well. Yeah. So my prospects or my favorite rookies for this season, I'm going to turn it around a bit because the Leafs didn't really inject too many rookies. We have technically <laughs> Dermot and Kapanen are not rookies uh, because Dermot played 37 games. And while Kapanen didn't play 25 games last season, he did play over six, uh, more than six the season prior. He played seven the year earlier, so he is not officially a rookie this season. Andreas Janssen for the Leafs, I think, will be very exciting. The only issue is, uh, a concern is he had a fairly weak preseason. He did get better as it went on, but the majority of the preseason, he was not even close to the player that we saw in the Calder Cup finals, where he absolutely dominated 24 points in 16 games in the Calder Cup, Calder Cup MVP. You know, that's, that's what we were expecting to see, someone who could come in and force his way into a top six role if need be, and he did not do that. And other than that, there's obviously different rookies on Toronto Ojeganov and different guys fighting. But I'm excited for Garrett Sparks, former Guelph Storm goalie, <laughs> made it. And he would be. that is one thing that I will say quickly. Toronto Maple Leafs cut McElhaney in a surprise turn over Garrett Sparks due to his, their history and the, all of the effort that Sparks had done over the years and worry that he was going to get claimed on waivers. And in turn, McElhaney and Calvin Pickard were claimed off waivers to Philadelphia and Carolina. So now Casimir Kaskasuo becomes the Marley's goaltender. Sparks is the backup goalie. And they don't have much right now as a backup in the AHL. Although, because both McElhaney and Pickard are filling in for injured goalies, don't be surprised if when Darling comes back or when Lyon and Neuvirth come back, one of those two goalies goes on waivers and the Leafs pick them up again. Because if the Leafs pick them up off waivers again, they can go straight to the AHL. Don't have to go on it again. And that is something that cannot be forgotten because since both are injury replacements, it's fairly likely that could happen. It's likely, but it's still a risk that I did not like from the Toronto no. viewpoint. I can see why you made it, but I, I didn't like the move. No. Um, I'm not going to go on Toronto yet, but those are the Toronto ones. But for prospects I'm most excited about this year, obviously I have to mention Rasmus Dahlien. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to yeah, be an immediate fair. points impact. You look at Victor Hedman. He only was in 20-ish point range in his first three seasons. It's, it's yeah. hard for a defenseman to jump in. But Buffalo will be an exciting team for another prospect that I like, Casey Middlestat. He is my favorite prospect this year. Yeah. Or rookie, I guess. Yeah, I know you love him. No longer a prospect. Why don't you tell us a bit about him? I know we've already covered him a lot, but let's just give a brief overview to why you like him. Yeah, no, uh, ever since he was drafted, really, he's just, he's got a decent size to him. I think he's like six foot one, mm -hmm. just under 200 pounds. But just the way, like his stick handling, his skating, his hockey sense is just all so above average, so NHL caliber already, despite being such a young age. Even though he played high school and then he only had, I think, one season in NCAA. You can just tell just by watching him. He's an electrifying play, player, similar to kind of like a Patrick Kane, but at center. And I think just him and Jack Eichel on the same team together, they may not be on the same line, but the power play is just going to be filthy. And I could easily see him putting up 40, 50 at least points yeah, this season. I agree. The other two rookies, two other premier rookies I'm going to highlight, and then one maybe un under the radar. Um, Elias Pettersson, obviously, the golden boy. Obviously. SHL has many records as you possibly can get. He basically did, or <laughs> awards you can get. He's coming in to Vancouver. And if they, they, we've already shown a power play that was Pettersson, Besser, Horvat, Berchi. And they cycle and do pretty well. That forced them off forwards. And I expect Pettersson will get a bit of time with Besser if he's not with Horvat. If Besser's. Not with Horvat. And if not, he'll be with Berchin. I think he'll produce... I don't know if he'll immediately produce right off the bat, completely off the bat, because mm -hmm. he wasn't exactly a goal scorer in the preseason so far. He's, his first and only goal came off of a pass that deflected. But the yeah. man can yeah. make plays and dangle, and he will deke some NHL defensemen out and make them look silly for not respecting him enough as he enters the league. And... It's kind of a double-edged sword with Pedersen. While he does play on the Vancouver Canucks, which is a bit of a 
a disadvantage for his Calder Trophy uh, odds. But he's he's never going to lose that, that much ice time in a game. Yeah. Like for Middlestad, if he's not putting up points, he's not going to blow you away defensively. But with Pedersen, he's always going to find a way to get ice time, whether it's on the power play, it's on the penalty kill. He's second-line center, he's third-line center. He's always going to be on the ice just because he's so reliable. Yeah. Um, next, I'm going to go with someone who's pretty similar to that in terms of I think he could play penalty kill, power play, and apparently is getting first-line center role with Jonathan Druin and Joel Armia as his wingers, Yasperi mm-hmm. Kodkaniemi, who was so impressive in the preseason. In that game, the very messy Toronto-Montreal game, he was a he and Brendan Gallagher were standouts, but as a rookie, he had a goal when he was going up against the Matthews line. He looked fantastic when he was going up against Tavares. He looked like a player, man. He looked very good. I I still don't know if I agree with the decision to keep him up. I guess we'll find out more after the nine games. I, I personally but he does look believe they should keep him for the good. nine and send him to the to the Finnish league. He can dominate over there, learn to be an absolute dominant presence, then come over after Montreal has another bad year, another high pick, and join with more centers because their current center depth does not inspire confidence. But if you add Kotkaniemi, you add Paling next year, potentially Suzuki, you'll, their, their depth will be a lot better next year. And I do believe Montreal is going to be a much better team in 2019 than they will in 2018. Oh, for sure. I agree. And just to finish up this little rookie segment, why don't you tell us one of your under-the-radar rookies, and I'll give you one of mine. Under-the-radar rookies for 2018-2019. I think Ryan Donato on Boston could be a bit of a surprise. He came in late in the season last year after he finished the season in the NCAA. I think he put up like nine points in 12 games, including the playoffs for Boston. He's a he monster. found himself as, as a healthy scratch for a couple games during the playoffs, but... Again, he joined in. He 12 games to finish the year. He's obviously not going to jump right into playoff hockey for a new system, a new team, new teammates. So I think this offseason, this, this, uh, he's got the full preseason. He's got the full training camp under his belt. I think he's a bit of a dark horse to kind of run away with the Calder. True. One player, I'm, I'm not going to go into detail. We've spoken about him at length before, but I just realized I forgot to mention was Andrei Svechnikov, who's going to be amazing. He's going to be... It'll be hard not to notice him. Yeah, he's going to be fantastic on Carolina. He's going to get responsibility. The only thing that I wish they would do, and it doesn't sound like they're going to do yet, and this is why I have two other... One is more under the radar and one is slightly less, but the two that I'm going to highlight from the same team, the Carolina Hurricanes, are Martin Nekash and Valentin Zykov. Mm-hmm. Two Zaykov's rookies on top of Svechnikov, who are coming into the lineup, on top of Warren Fogel and Lucas Walmark, all joining this team. They'll be a very young team. They all performed absolutely fantastically in the preseason. Nekash was great. Zaykov actually wasn't as good as Lucas and Walmark. Or sorry, Lucas and um, Warren Fogel in the preseason. But his performance at the end of last year and his previous performance showed that he's capable of an NHL job. And those two, who were both also very good in the AHL last year, but didn't get the long-standing uh, NHL play of Zykov at the end of the year, they did very well. They earned their roster spot. They weren't given them. And my, oh, my, yeah. that team will be fun. But the two that I'm going to highlight specifically are Martin Nekash and Valentin Zykov. Nekash, he is a really talented, very, very talented young center. He's going to go in center in the lineup. He's going to put on a very strong performance. He handles the puck. He's super fast, quick hands, soft hands. And the thing about him is he can protect the puck. Yeah. If you're thinking of players who are smaller, they can't really do much, and they, you're worried that a young player is going to get pushed off the puck, that is not what's going to happen to Martin Nekash. He's six foot one, so he's not huge, but he's not small in any way. He's only 180 pounds, so he's still on the light side. But my, oh, my, he can make a fantastic passes. He's got great hands. And the main thing about him that stands out when you really watch him is his hockey IQ. He anticipates everything, and it's why he can get away with so much. He knows what the defensemen are going to do. He knows where his teammates are going to be, and he can find them. He's got a fantastic shot as well. In, uh, in his season last year, he put up nine goals in 24 games in a men's league. 
just fairly oh. impressive. 17 points. He's, he's very talented. And if he's, he needs to get a bit stronger as he ages. As I said, he's pretty light right now. But he's going to be a very exciting player. And the, my only upset area about this is that they didn't want to put Nekash with Svechnikov off the bat, or at least the coach didn't, because he didn't want to put too many rookies together. But a player who yeah. is going to be a rookie and who could be starting, potentially, it's not confirmed, but with Aho and Teravainen, where he played a bit last year and was fantastic, is Valentin Zykov. 23-year-old second-round pick of the LA Kings, now a Carolina Hurricane. He had seven points, three goals in 10 games last year. Absolutely dominant in the AHL, 33 goals in 63 games. He's a big forward. He's got grit. He, he will crash the net, even though he's got a big shot. He's got good hands for tips and rebounds. He is a natural goal-scoring winger who is big and physical. And that alone, the grit in his game will endear him to the Carolina coach and get him more ice time. But his skill is what will make him stay as a player. He's not going to be a third-liner. He's going to score. And that uh, skill is what's going to make him not just be a third-liner. Now, question, though. Was he on Team Grit or Team Grind for the training camp? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Probably I honestly grit. don't know. And just two players I'm not going to go into detail on, but we might, we will likely discuss their early performances. Miro Heiskanen has made the second oh, yeah. pair of the Dallas Stars, and he's being paired with someone who I'm going to mention who's been traded, Connor Carrick, the third, one of the three final cuts for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He ended up being talked about being put on waivers, but was traded for a seventh-round pick. Could become a can, could become a sixth-round pick if he plays 50 games. Is starting paired with Heiskanen, and Philip Heedle of the New York Rangers, who I believe made the the Rangers out of camp and looks very very promising. He was incredibly young when he was drafted last year at 21st overall. Made the AHL anyways. Did really well in the AHL. Had a brief NHL stint. And he looks like he's going to be a player. We've discussed yeah, him at length before and Heiskanen before, so I'm not going to go into them now, and we should probably move on to something else. So now we're going to talk about some of our preseason favorites, highs, lows, and some predictions for the regular season. So I'm going to kick it off right now with a prediction for the Carolina Hurricanes, because I've been talking about them a lot. They had okay. a pretty decent preseason. They weren't a complete train wreck, despite having good rookies like the Vancouver Canucks, who I'm not even going to... Sorry, Canucks fans, if anyone's listening. You have some great rookies. I think you're going to be good in a couple of years. But, yeah, your, your team isn't winning yet. Sorry, guys. No. It's, it's not doing it. But Carolina Hurricanes had a nice preseason. They did fairly well. And I think they're going to make the playoffs in with an addendum. I think they're going to make the playoffs if they can get at least 9-10 goaltending. See, and that's why I have them not making the playoffs. Because I look 10. at the team, I look at the teams that made the playoffs last year, and then I think Florida has a better chance of jumping into that wild card spot and replacing New Jersey. And I just don't see Carolina, who were 13 points behind Florida, gaining that ground with what they've done. I just it's don't fair. see it happening. It's very fair. I think Carolina can do it. They have such an, as we've already discussed, they have such a huge influx of young forwards. They only lost Elias Lindholm, or and Derek Ryan, sorry, and Derek Ryan, both on Calgary now. Yeah. Um, they added, then they lost Noah Hannafin, but added Calvin DeHaan and Dougie Hamilton, number one defense Dougie Hamilton. So, I mean that they base they almost have three first pairs, almost. I'd say they have a first pair, a guy who could kind of first, a, they have a first pair of Pesci Slavin, a number one D of Dougie Hamilton with a rookie Hayden Fleury, which is very clear that they're sheltering Hayden Fleury in there. Mm -hmm. And then they have DeHaan and Falk as a third pair, which I don't expect this to stay. I expect it to be moved around a bit. They can move DeHaan over with uh, Pesci. They can move Falk with Slavin. They can really do whatever they want in terms of the pairs. It's very versatile. But that, plus the talented offense, Svechnikov, Nekash, everyone, they, I think they're going to be better than some playoff teams. And that's why 9-10 is not league average goaltending. League average is 9-15. But I think a 9-10, I don't think a 9-05 is enough. 
But I think if they can get a, above a 905 to a 910, they're a playoff team. I I would give it to them if they trade Falk relatively soon, like decently early in the season. If they trade Falk for a quality forward that can slot in the top six, obviously not maybe not top line. You probably won't get that for Falk, but if you can get a top six forward that can put up 50 points, 60 points for Falk, then I'd be confident and maybe having them in that last wildcard spot. That just reminded me they, that they that they traded Jeff Skinner, and I forgot to mention that as one of their, their biggest player who left. Yes, yes, Jeff Skinner. I forgot about that too. Jeff Skinner as well. So you're losing uh, yeah, out. In my head, he's still on the team. There. In my head, he's still a Carolina Hurricane. But yes, Jeff Skinner is no longer Carolina Hurricane. But as I said, they're replacing the offense of Derek Ryan, Elias Lindholm. Jeff Skinner is going to be the biggest one and the hard one to replace. But Svechnikov, Nekash, Fogel, Zykov, Walmark. You don't even need all those guys to reach for their potential this year. But Svechnikov is going to be a player. Nekash will. Hopefully one of Zykov, Walmark, Fogel really take hold of their NHL role this year and produce. And the other two can just be a little added bonus. And I, I think they're at least going to get the offense they did last year. But it's also the defense. Their big issue was allowing goals last year. They, they have trouble scoring, but they've had a lot. In terms of defense who can score goals, they added Dougie Hamilton. The man can score goals, and he does it at even strength. A lot at even strength, not the power play. So he's going to be very fun for that team. They can even, I mean, I don't know if they will, but they could even keep Falk on power play one and use Dougie Hamilton power play two and just give him more even strength minutes since he produces a lot at even strength. And Falk does produce not nearly as much, but he can produce on the power play. And my, oh my, I agree. I think they should trade Falk just because I think he's still young enough and still has enough of a reputation that you could get something perhaps more for his value when you consider that he's currently their third best right-handed defenseman in terms of how they use him. You can make the Pesci-Falk argument, but the fact is they like the Slavin-Pesci shutdown pair. So unless they plan on changing that for Slavin-Falk or something, or uh, it's basically how it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. That's and they have, the main thing is defense. they have uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk just sitting as a seventh defenseman waiting mm-hmm. for his chance. And he's a very adequate bottom pair defenseman. He's not a guy you're going to move up the lineup, but he's a very talented in his number five role. So just having him sit there, when you could even trade him for, I can guarantee you could trade him for at least a third liner. So Third liner? Know. Third line forward for TVR. Well, I'm sure Connor there's a team. go for sixth and seventh. Yeah, but Connor Carrick, there's a difference. Connor Carrick didn't play much in the NHL last year. TVR did, mm-hmm. and TVR as well has won a cup with Chicago. <laughs> and that, even though with it Chicago. shouldn't play, it shouldn't play into anything. But we know that pedigree counts for something. Even if he's not drafted high, he's a cup winner. And I think that get you a third line score because it won't take very yeah. long to the season for a team to say our defense isn't what we thought it was. We could use a right-handed shot defenseman. Maybe. And TVR fits the bill. I could see a third-round pick instead. Yeah. I see Leafs fitting that bill for Falk, too. But anyways, um, moving on from my prediction, that's Carolina. It's a team that impressed me in the preseason. Not as much with just their record, but the rookies, the amount of rookies that stepped up astounded me. I didn't think all those guys were going to make their roster. I knew Svechnikov, I knew Nekash, and I assumed Zykov. I didn't think Fogel and Walmart were going to make it yet, and they both did out of fantastic preseasons. Well, going off to rookies, I'll make my prediction, and I will say, in the words of Ovi, the New York Rangers will not suck. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what Ovi's actual quote was. It was, we not suck as bad. Or... It, it had a curse word, so I'll, I'll not fix what you said. Okay. <laughs> But I, I like the Rangers. I think, even though they finished last last in the Metro last year, I think they're not gonna have any real top end talent. They have Zabinajad and Kreider, who I think are fringe first lines, mostly second line players. But then they just have three more lines of hardworking, young, fast. While Lars Anderson didn't make the team, Philip Cheadle, like you just mentioned, did. Brett Howden, reliable, 200-foot player. They're just going to be full of guys that aren't fantastic, but they'll work hard, they'll 
they'll learn, obviously, but they're going to play at a fast pace, and they might catch some teams off guard. And I don't think I, they're going to be last. I, I think they will finish outside of the playoffs, but not by as much as many people will think. I agree. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. I'm a bit lower on them than you, and not picking Leas Anderson, I think, made me lower on them even. <laughs> I don't think they're going to finish last. I would not be surprised in any way if they finish bottom five. I could almost guarantee they'd finish bottom ten, if not bottom seven or eight. I I don't have that high expectation for them at all. Yeah, but the Rangers still had have Lundqvist in that. I mean, he's a starting goalie. He's a bonafide starting goalie. Their defense isn't awful. Shattenkirk, D'Angelo, Brady Shea. It's not a terrible defensive corps. I put them ahead of Ottawa. I put them ahead of Montreal. I put them ahead of Detroit. I put them ahead of Buffalo, even. Those, are some, those are some high standards you have there. But that's Ottawa what I'm saying. Like, you, add on, you add on all these teams, and suddenly the Rangers aren't bottom 10. They're like that 14th, or sorry, that just outside of the playoff bubble. Yeah, I'd say they're lower than bubble, but they're, they're what they are. They're like a bottom 10 team, but they're not a bubble team. They're not a bottom, they're not a basement feeder, but they're not a bottom or a bubble team. Yeah, they're not going to push for a playoff spot, but they're not going to go for a lottery pick by any yeah. means. I mean, they might. I'm not as high of them as you are, but anyways. We'll see. And moving on to a different team, let's discuss... An interesting preseason pick that I'm sure many people are interested in. The San Jose Sharks, who are 0-2 with Mr. Eric Carlson in the lineup. I'm kind of... It's a long season. Preseason obviously doesn't mean that much. But I'm going to be interested to see how Burns and Carlson do when they're not the number one defenseman on their team anymore. I think because no longer is it we have a power play out there with two minutes left and we're down by one. Okay, Burns, go out there. Now it's Burns and Carlson go out there. Just Carlson go out there. Who gets... I just don't know. Like, Do both of them continue their point production as same as they were just on their own teams? It's very rare for two Norris-winning offensive defensemen to be on the same team. Exactly. It's, so, does does one take away points from the other one? I don't know. I honestly can't tell you. I have no idea. But the one thing that we do know is that when their top four is on the ice, they're going to be deadly at five on five for sure. Yes. And I don't think anyone's play. questioning San Jose's ability to be a playoff team. It's just going to be interesting to watch how they play unfold and how how they use them. Yeah couple interesting notes are some of the injuries. There have been a lot of injuries in the preseason. You've had a Zetterberg retirement announcement. Uh, Mike Green is injured. Scott Darling. Uh, we said Neuverth. Um, there are so many preseason injuries that occurred. Tyler Johnson can't. got hurt for a little Tyler bit. Tyler Johnson got hurt. Domi got suspended for being an idiot. Tom Wilson's Tom Wilson is likely going to get suspended for being yeah. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting preseason. One of the oh, Seth Jones, he he got hurt in the ooh, preseason. That was yeah, cool. Seth Jones, that's a big hit to Columbus. Yeah, it's a big hit. A team that I think is going to be interesting to watch next year, and it was kind of two, and they were two of the happy ones last year: Colorado and Detroit. Or sorry, not Colorado and Detroit, <laughs> Colorado and the Devils, who yeah. I think are both going to miss this year. I think they're both going to be bubble teams, but I think they're both going to miss the playoffs in their respective conferences. And the te- teams that I think are going to pass them, Carolina and St. Louis. St. Louis had a huge offseason, lots of changes. Ryan O'Reilly, the addition of Robert Thomas, Tyler Bozak. Unfortunately, Robbie Fabry got injured again in the preseason, which I am very upset about. But they had a good preseason, and they look like a team. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'd, I'd agree with that one for sure. St. Louis, I don't really see how they're... It, Depends heavily on Jake Allen as well, how he performs, mm-hmm. especially with Carter Hutton gone. But it's hard to see them not in the playoffs this season. Yeah. I'm not going to spend any time on the bold predictions of is Tampa going to win the cup and is Toronto going to challenge Tampa for the cup? 
not going to waste time. They're both playoff teams unless there's an insane amount of injuries. And the, one thing I, the one thing I want to bring up, though, is is a lot of guys are sleeping on Boston. Oh, yeah, Boston I don't really know is going to be good. Boston, they did just announce Tory Krug is out for three weeks today. Yeah, yeah, that's a big loss as well. That's a big loss. But, yeah, Boston is still, I mean, they finished one point behind Tampa last year. And they should have won the division last year. We had no business winning that division. Yeah, Boston, Boston is a contender. Not to mention they're going to have a one-year-older Jake DeBrusque, one-year-older Denton Heinen, Charlie McAvoy, Anders uh, Bjork, who was great in his limited time before his long-term injury. Yeah, is gonna be Ryan in there. Donato as well, like I said Ryan earlier. Ryan Donato. Uho Vakanainen. Yeah, he made the team. Yep. Uh, Nick Holden, they added. That's actually a fun note that I want to mention. So Heiskanen is making it out of the 2017 draft. Kale McCarr looks to be a fantastic defenseman, but he's not going to make Colorado this year. He's in NCAA. But Eric Brandstrom was expected to make the team after a fantastic preseason, but ended up getting sent down to the AHL for a bit of seasoning, as did Nick Haig, their 35th pick. But 16th overall, Yusuf Alamaki made the Calgary Flames. Yeah. 18th overall, Urho Vakanainen made the... Um, Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins. Yeah. But 17th overall, Timothy Lilligren, and 14th overall, Cal Foote. The right-handed shots have not made their teams yet. The righties, they're taking Sweet. their time slowly. Yeah. I mean, there's I'm no rush. Bit, it's only been a yeah, couple Yeah, I'm a little years. disappointed Eric Brandstrom hasn't made it yet, but it is interesting to see just one year out. You never know who's going to surprise. Barzell took two years to make the NHL, as did Besser. But it's interesting yeah. to see who made it quickly in terms of Heiskanen was expected to make it. Makar, I don't know. NCAA, maybe they chose to give him another year. Or they were thinking of it originally. Who knows? But having the 16th, 18th, and 20th overall picks all make it very quickly. And that actually brings me to one other team that I did want to mention. Technically, too, I want to talk about Calgary a bit. But this one, I think, is more interesting. The Arizona Coyotes. How do you feel about them, Jagger? I think they're the definition of wild card. I really like Galchenyuk. I think he's fitting in really well there before he got hurt again in the preseason. Yep. Gotta love it. I think Antti Ranta, he finished off the season really hot. I think he could carry that team to a wild card position. They're in a really tough conference, a really tough division. So it'll be hard to squeak into the playoffs, but if everything goes well, a healthy Chikrin as well, that's going to do wonders for them. It'll be tough, but I could see them making the playoffs. It, it would be a really big stretch, and it could get the Rick Tockett uh, coach of the year if you can yeah. get Arizona into the playoffs. But I, I agree. They're gonna, it's announced so far with Galchenyuk out that Barrett Hayden has made the roster. Dylan Strom is at 4C. Stepon, number one. Vorak, number two. I'm not sure who they have in the 3C or if Dylan Strom, if Barrett Hayden is going to play 4 or 3 and Dylan's going to move depending on how long Galchenyuk's out, and their defense looks, again, it's not a strong suit of theirs, but it's not exactly the biggest weakness either when you look go down their lineup, as you said with the Rangers. There are playoff teams, I will argue, that will make it with worse defenses than Arizona has, and they're the ones that make it with a lot better mm-hmm. defenses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's going to be interesting. Their offense especially, Clayton Keller... It's going to be really interesting to see how he does. How Dylan Strom and Lawson Krause adjust to the NHL is going to be very interesting. Dvorak living up to his $4 million contract that he just signed. And a big interesting one to me is what they do with Barrett Hayden. Because not only did the fifth overall pick and a surprise fifth overall pick make the team. Very. But they have 50 contracts currently. Barrett Hayden does not count his ELC unless he plays 10 games, which puts them over the contract limit, meaning they must shed one contract if Barrett Hayden makes the team. And currently, the only reason there is a center opening is Galchenyuk is injured. Yeah. I think, uh, I think regardless, they're just going to give him his nine games, see what he does. There's zero reason to rush him into the NHL. Yeah. Once Galchenyuk is back from injury, I think he's gone. Whether it's five games, nine games, I think once Galchenyuk is back, they will have seen how Hayden can play. It'll give him a bit of confidence, and he'll go back to the OHL and do well with Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, even if Galchenyuk isn't back, just send him down. Give yeah, you're you're not going to waste the ELC year for an extra game or two. But it's pretty impressive that he's made the team. It is. It I 
I was not. I was surprised at the pick. I was surprised to pick all year. I was surprised to pick through the P season, and he made the team. And I'm, well, I've just been. I, I think I'm underrating Barrett Hayton every yeah, step guess, of the way. I guess is all at I this rate, say. he's going to make the team. He's going to finish the season with them. Maybe he'll contend for the Calder. Who knows? Just full of surprises. Yeah, an interesting one, and somebody who I want to note, who I forgot to talk about on rookies because he's not making the team. But just since I'm not really going to talk about Toronto much at this point. Rasmus Sandin was incredibly impressive in the preseason. He's currently played in the Marlies preseason, and it actually kind of looks like he's going to get a job with the Marlies. He might get sent back to the SHL yet, but my oh my, was he just way better than I was expecting an 18-year-old defenseman to be at 29th overall, as was Semyander Argachinsev, otherwise known as SDA, the 76th overall pick, the pick that was added by trading backwards from 25th and then drafting Sandy to 29th, he earned his ELC during the preseason, and it was signed because he was that impressive, and Dubis was that enamored, as was Leafs Nation was that enamored. And Sandine, while I'd be stunned if he goes back to the OHL, if they decide he's not ready for a Marley's job or they don't want him playing only third pair, he'll go to the SHL. But he could potentially be reunited with Barrett Hayden, and they will be fun if they were. Yeah, they would be yeah. fun. Yeah, again with Sandine, like there's no rush. Do whatever is best for his development, whether it is playing third pair with the Marlies or playing top pair with Sault Ste. Marie or playing overseas. There's no rush. He's a late first round pick. There's no his expectations aren't to make the team for another two years probably. There's absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with sending him. Oh down. yeah, he's not making the team for a while yet, but he is a nice. A nice project who's looking a lot better and a lot more sure at 18 years old, as sure as one can be, <laughs> than uh, it was expected to be. Yeah, I'll say that much. Um, let's see, just talk about one more team and then maybe a couple last predictions. I want to talk about the Calgary Flames, who we've talked about a fair amount because of the incredible amount of things they've done. They made in terms of trades and just different moves. They signed Derek Ryan. They signed James Neal. They signed Austin Zarnick, who had a preseason hat trick. And Austin Zarnick's a player who was under the radar, $1.25 million. But I personally really wanted the Leafs sign, and I think is going to be really good given that opportunity. Mm-hmm. They Yuso Valimaki made the roster. Dylan Dubé made the roster. Dylan Dubé is... I only watched one Calgary game this preseason, and Dylan Dubé was by far the most noticeable player on the ice. Yeah, he's going to be... offense everywhere. If for them to miss the playoffs this year, it needs to be an absolute train wreck of injuries, horrible goaltending, and I'm not even sure what else needs to go wrong there. See, I think I put them in the same boat as Carolina just because I don't trust Mike Smith. It's fair. He's I such a hit or miss goalie, and most more often than not, he's been a miss. And I think that's it might hurt them this year. Yeah. The only reason I give them a little more faith is I think it'll be easier to make it in the Pacific than it will be in the Metro. And Mike Smith at least still has a track record of at least league average goaltending over the Carolina goalies. Mm-hmm. And lastly, they have made the playoffs and the team is experienced. Goudreau, you know what you're going to get. Monaghan had several surgeries over the summer, so hopefully he's back up to par. Kachuk is going to probably get suspended again, but he's <laughs> still a very good player. And, yeah, I think I think they are a playoff team because they were a team that should have been a playoff team last year. The things just didn't go right. It was goaltending. Yeah. It was injuries. It seemed like they, on paper, they should have been a playoff team. And on the ice, they just weren't. And they made changes. They traded Dougie Hamilton, a star defenseman. They added some. They, they just did a lot of changes. And I do expect them to be a playoff team. And I think the how many changes and how good they might be is going to catch some teams off guard off the bat, which could help them even more. Like, you look at the Devils last year. Beginning of the season, they were fire. Absolutely amazing. And they made it in the final wildcard spot. What would have happened if they didn't have that incredible start where they caught teams off guard? That could be Calgary this year. Hot starts matter, because every point matters. Then I'll finish on a couple predictions. First, over-under. Vegas, same amount of points as last year. Same amount of points as last year, I'll go under. Under? All right. Under yeah. 100 points. 
I would go over. I, I think they're going to be right around that 100-point threshold. They lost some pieces, but then they added more pieces in Stastny and Patches. Flurry yeah, has looked absolutely amazing, and I think he's—I think it's pretty clear he's their X factor. I'm going to say under, but my under is like 98 points. Mm -hmm. yeah, like I, I, I think, think that's right, right where they are. 98, 97 to 103 points is I think their range. I think that's what they're going to be. Obviously, a team can absolutely disappoint injuries, as we've said. A team can go on a huge run, but that's what I expect out of them. I think, yeah. and I think we both agree, Colorado and the Devils are not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think they both just got, I mean, exactly what everyone says. They got Hart Trophy worthy performances by Nate McKinnon and Taylor Hall, and that's yep. what led them to the playoffs. I think both teams are going to have mild improvements over last year. But they overperformed so much, it's not going to be enough. Even though the team improves, it's not enough with the players who were just unbelievable last year to make the playoffs. They're both going to yeah. be arguably 90, 90 plus point teams, but I don't think they're playoff teams. No, just outside. Yeah. Um, as I said, I think Carolina is going to get in. I think Buffalo is going to catch teams off guard, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs yet. Again, I think goaltending is too much of a crutch for them. I don't think their defense is going to be there yet with just the addition of Darlene. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think they're there yet. I like the addition of Jeff Skinner, but Huge. I don't like the departure of Ryan O'Reilly. Yep. So it's kind of one step forwards, two steps back. Two steps forwards, one step back. <laughs> yep. Honestly, we'll that's how it feels. Adding Darlene and Middlestad, I think they're still going to be a better team than last year, but I don't think they're a playoff team. No. Um, lastly, one faller, a team. I'm going to list a couple teams, Jagger, and I want you to tell me, of the three, which team do you predict is going to miss the playoffs? And I'm going to tell you, I think one of them is going to miss the playoffs that made it last year. All right? Yeah. The Columbus Blue Jackets, the Anaheim Ducks, and the Minnesota Wild. That's a toss-up. Um, I feel bad because I always kind of devalue the Anaheim Ducks. I've, uh, year after year, I say they're too old. They're too hurt. Gibson's not that good of a goalie. But then they finished like, top of the division. So I'm going to say Minnesota. I don't really... Matt Dumba had a huge progression last year, especially in the playoffs, but I just think head-to-toe in the Central, I don't see them as a playoff team in that division. It's fair. I am but going I to stick with your initial impressions of Anaheim, <laughs> but in all honesty, I chose those three because they're three teams that I can see all make the playoffs and all miss the playoffs. That's true. I think Minnesota... Their players are getting older. They're not as young. It's not like Zucker and Niederreiter, they're 23 anymore. Parise and Suter are 32. Dubnik's mm -hmm. been there for a few years now. Eric Stahl has gotten older. He's on the last year of his contract. And if they're not doing well, they'll likely trade high on Eric Stahl if they can't re-sign him. So it's just, I, I don't know if Minnesota, and I love Minnesota. I love them in the West, but I, I just don't know if they can make it. Anaheim, I would have said they could. But they're, they've had so many injuries. And I, I know I'm a lot higher on you, on John Gibson, than you are on John Gibson. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just... Corey Perry's out. Kessler's out. Um, Andre Cash, who I thought was going to take a huge step forward, just got injured with a concussion in the last preseason game. I just, I just don't see where the offense is going to come from. Ryan Getzloff is above a point per game last year, but I think he's running out of passing options. Yeah. Yeah, I know. The, I know a saving, lot of people say uh, Richard Raquel is very underrated. Ricard. People, is it Ricard? Yeah. Okay. People are projecting him to score like 40 goals. He is a great I player. I don't watch too much Anaheim, so I can't confirm or deny. He's been a 30 goal player before. But, he's he's talented. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, he's going to be that. great because he was from a pick that the Leafs traded, as was John Gibson. Exactly. But, um, yes, I, I don't see them. John Gibson's a fantastic goaltender. I think their defense is absolutely unbelievable with Fowler, Lindholm, Manson, Montour, 
Like, their their defense is just unreal. And I really do like their rookies, too. Sam Steele and Troy Terry look like really good rookies. And I think they're going to have to get some... To me, if they're going to make the playoffs, they need their rookies to take a big step forward. Sam Steele and Troy Terry can't be just, oh, they're rookies, they're just in the lineup. They need to be good. They're going to be given the opportunity to as well. And Columbus, it's mainly losing Jones off the bat is a big hit, and I think it'll hurt their beginning. But it's the how uncertain it is that Panarin and Bobrovsky are going to return. I think that's going to hurt them. If they don't get them signed quickly, if they're going into the trade deadline on as a playoff bubble team with those two unsigned, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Their, their season heavily depends on the first half of their season. Yeah, I, I agree. But but I really like their lineup. I think they're four lines deep. And while they may not be big names, they're very solid players. Like Anderson on the third line, Sonny Milano, Dubinsky, you got Boone Jenner. You just got all these like good players all throughout the lineup. Kind of like the Rangers, but better Yeah. At every line. <laughs> they have a better top line and they have better subsequent lines and while i think lundquist is going to make the hall of fame and i don't know if bobrovsky will in recent years bobrovsky has been one of the top goalies in the nhl so exactly but he's also been known to have awful seasons still he's been in in the past five seasons four of them he's been in the top five mm-hmm. he's he's getting better even in consistency sake he had one really bad year in the past three years but in the past five he's only had one bad year it's getting better yeah. And with that, I think I'm going to close on one final note, which is we all know who we're going to expect for the for the Art Ross. It's McDavid. The money bet on the Rocket Richard is line A, although you can still list Ovi, Kucherov, Matthews if you want the other ones. Yeah, yeah it'll be close. It's interesting choice, and I'm curious who you're going to say, because I know who I was going to say, and I can't say it anymore. Norris Seth Jones. Who is your yeah. Norris? That that's very tough. I see, like I was saying before with Burns and Carlson, I don't think if you have both of them on the same team, you can really say one is a bona fide best defenseman in the league. And aside from that, um, I think Provorov is going to take a big step, but he's not there yet. I like Hedman's chances to repeat. Why not? I think the Hedman repeat is a safe bet, to be perfectly honest. I think Carlson getting it is also a very safe bet. I'm fine with either of those. I'm going to take what's likely an unpopular opinion, even though he was sixth in Norris voting this year. I'm calling John Klingberg. I think that just depends heavily on how Dallas does as well. Yep. And meanwhile, you don't agree with that. That's how it happens. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's how it works. I know it, shouldn't, I, I know it shouldn't affect it, but the fact is there's save percentage, goaltending, everything. If they don't make the yeah. playoffs, they're not going to win the Norris for Klingberg. But I think if they can make it, and I don't know, I think they're a bubble team, Dallas, mm-hmm. personally. It's tough. Tough division. But I think if they can make the playoffs, and if they can reach to 100 points, Klingberg is going to be a reason, and I think he has a shot of the Norris. I don't know if he's going to win it, I, I, I do lean. I think it's way more likely Hedman repeats or Carlson wins it. But yeah. my personal prediction is John Klingberg. Mainly because uh, Seth Jones, my real prediction, is injured. So I'm going John Klingberg. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. I have I have Klingberg in my fantasy. <laughs> so all, right. all right. Well, that's where we're going to cap this episode. We might even include some bloopers after our outro music tonight for Jagger's favorite New York Ranger, Neil Pionk, or as he's now known, Neil Poink. Neil Poink. You heard it here. All right. That has been the Blue and White Podcast, our final preseason edition. And we hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll listen again later. Do-do-do. do I don't know. Like, they still have Lundqvist and that. Their defense, I could point out a lot of teams with worse defense than they have. And like I could point out a lot of teams with better defense than they have. Yes, and they're playoff teams. But, yeah, I mean, D'Angelo, you got Shattenkirk still, Brady Skate, how do you say it? Shay? Shay. Shay. Is it? S-H-A-Y is how I pronounce it. That's weird. Yeah. And then Poink is Poink. Chonk? 
Is it? I think so. <laughs> oh my god. I thought it was Poink. <laughs> it's I.O. Is it? No yeah. way. <laughs> <Pie all? laughs> how did you say it? Pionk. That's how I always thought Pionk. I said I could be completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I just butchered this whole sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'll start this over again. Okay, yeah, but you have the Rangers and oh no, wait, <laughs> you have Lundqvist. Okay, one sec. Oh my lord. And three, two. Yeah, but the the Rangers have Lundqvist in that. He's still a quality starting goalie. I mean, their defense, like I could point out. A lot of teams that have a worse defensive core than they do. And I can point out a lot of teams that have a better one. Which is fair, but those are playoff teams uh, that you're talking about. Like the Rangers with D'Angelo and Shattenkirk. That's not an awful pair. And then you have... Uh, I don't want to say it. Pionk? Pionk? <laughs> you really like that I name, eh? I can say it. I can't. I can't even <laughs> picture it in my head. Oh, man. <laughs> P-I-O-N-K. Sound it's it point. out. <laughs> P-O-I. P-I-O. P-I-O-N-K. Pionk. <laughs> Pionk. Pionk? I, I always thought it was Pionk. Oh, and I couldn't even think of the other defense I was thinking about. Shea. Shea? Yeah. It's not... Oh, my God. All right, third time's a turn. <laughs> okay, fine. <sighs> All right. Three, two. Yeah, but they still have Lundqvist in net. I mean, he's a quality goalie, starting goalie for sure. In their defensive core, it's I could point out a lot of teams that have a lot or a worse defensive core than the Rangers do. I mean, like Shankirk, he's still a pretty good defenseman. D'Angelo with him, Brady Shea. That's not a bad top three. It's definitely not a fantastic top three, but it's a good top three, and I think you never know what could happen. Nope. And you know Neil Pionk is is quite the defenseman. I know That's you like him, of. at least for his name. Yes, I call him Poink, and, and that will be his name. <laughs> I I've listened to a highlight, and his name is Pionk, but is it now? Poink shall be our nickname. So Poink, anyone who listens is hears it. the name Neil Poink, it's it's Neil Pionk of the New York Rangers. <laughs>